0: First Corinthians chapter 11, please. First Corinthians the 11th chapter. It seems like it's been a long time since I've been here. I have forgotten your faces. No, I haven't. Some of you are just absolutely unforgettable. (laughs) You take that in the best way, okay? That's the way I mean it. Let's have prayer. Father, our hearts have been blessed. We have been made aware in you and afresh of your awesome holiness, of your greatness, of your wonder. And we stand in awe of your majesty and your power. We gather together in your house in your name to worship, to honor you, and to tell you this morning that we love you, and we ask you, our Father, to minister to each of our hearts, in a fresh way that will move us and draw us to the cross of Christ that we might leave this place differently with a new sense of your presence and the power of God the Holy Spirit. Holy Father, I ask that your spirit might clothe me and anoint me that I might be able to share these truths that will bring glory to you and that will magnify the Lord Jesus. You know our minds and our hearts, minister to us as only you can. May the good hand of God rest and abide upon Dublin First Baptist Church, and in your time bring together pastor and people, be with the pastor search team, give them wisdom. And now, Father, I pray that the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart, might be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. If you are familiar with the church at Corinth and reading through the book, you would probably come to the conclusion that Corinth is a church that certainly has its issues. Corinth is a divided church. Paul talks about that in chapter 1 as well as chapter 11 where he says there is trouble, division among you that leads to friction and fraction but very little action. And because of that division, Paul says, I need to set in order this matter of coming to the Lord's table. Not only was the church at Corinth a divided church, it was a deficient church in first corinthians chapter 3 he shares with us that it is deficient in its diet he says i fed you with milk because you are babes unable to handle the meat of the word i fed you with milk You need to mature. You need to grow up. You need to learn how to handle the meat of the Word. And not only does he talk about them being deficient in their diet, but he talks about them debating. One says, I am a Paul. My preacher is better than your preacher. I am of Apollos. No, my preacher is better than your preacher. Now, I want to say to you that it is a good thing to brag on your preacher. Now, you don't have one, so it's a, but, but it is a good thing to brag on your preacher. I am of Paul. I am of Apollos. And then there was a crowd there that said, no, I am of Christ. So they were debating. They were deficient in their diet. That gave evidence marks of their deficiency was their diet and their debating. But a third thing about this church at Corinth, not only were they divided and deficient, 1 Corinthians 5 is very, very alarming. They were... A defiled church. There is rampant immorality in the church at Corinth. He talks about here is a man sleeping with his father's wife. There is immorality in the church. Now this is in the church. He's not talking about down at one of those temples. He's not talking about outside the church. He's talking about what is taking place within the church. And then he comes to chapter 11 and he says, because there's a lot of this stuff going on, I need to set the record straight. So when you come to the Lord's table, you will have a clear understanding of what is happening and why you're doing what you're doing. So we begin our reading in verse 23. For I have received from the Lord. Now Paul wants them to understand that he is not merely regurgitating something that he has heard from someone else. This is something I have received from the Lord. This is a word from God for you. For I have received from the Lord that which also I delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take eat, this is my body which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, this do as off as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he come. Therefore, whosoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of Christ. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of this bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats... And drinks in an unworthy manner, eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. I must stop there. There are three things that Paul mentions that you and I need to do when we come to the Lord's table. And I'm just going to give you these bullet points. First of all, there is remembrance. We do not observe the Lord's Supper because it is the first Sunday of the quarter. This do in remembrance. This is a time for you and me remember. But what do we remember? Three things. We are to remember first of all in verse 23 that he was betrayed by a sinner. Look again at verse 23. For I received of the Lord that which also I delivered to you the same night in which he was betrayed. Betrayal is the act of a friend. Do you understand? Betrayal is the act of a friend. Betrayal is the act of someone who has their own private agenda. That's Judas. He has his own agenda. Now, I don't have time to go into the back story. But Judas has his own agenda. I think personally he's trying to rush Christ into becoming something of a Messiah that is going to sit now upon the throne. There is but one agenda and that is to bring glory to God. You look mighty strange at me. There's one agenda, God's glory and only God's glory. Remember, he was betrayed by a sinner. Betrayal is an act of a friend. A stranger cannot betray you. Secondly, remember... His body was shattered. Look at verse 24. In the same night that his body. This is my body which is broken for you. I'll say a lot about that next Sunday. But his body was broken. Isaiah 52, 11 and Isaiah 53 have a lot to say about that. That his body is unrecognizable. Broken, shattered to the point that you and I wouldn't even recognize. When we come to the table, I want you to know that his body was shattered. That's why that bread is broken. Thirdly, remember that his blood was shed. This is my blood. Do you know there's a big difference in something being spilt and something being shed? To spill, in my mind at least, denotes an accident. Jesus' blood was not spilled. Jesus' blood was shed without the shedding of blood there is no remission what can wash away my sin nothing but the blood of Jesus there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunge beneath that blood lose all their guilty stains When we come to the table, it is a time to remember. Secondly, it is a time of reflection. Now, I know you're going to ask me, what is the difference in remembrance and reflection? Well, when we remember, our focus is upon the Lord. Reflection, it is upon us. It's upon us. And we are to reflect upon two things. First, we are to reflect upon our relationship. Our relationship first in verse 28. But let a man examine himself. And that means to put to the test. Let a man put to the test. Now, what am I to put to the test? I am to put to the test my relationship with the Master, that is vertical. You know, there was a time when I resented hearing that the Lord was Master. I did. I resented that when I was a young hotshot preacher, pastor of a large church, going to a pastor's prayer meeting. And there was a pastor there. Every time he prayed, he would say, Dear Master. And I would just resent it. I resented it. Do you know why I resented it? Because I didn't think he was my master. I want to tell you the word master means boss. That's what the word master means, boss. And he is boss, master, Lord, boss. So how's my relationship with the master? Is he my boss? And then how's my relationship horizontal with man? How is it? Do I get along with my fellow man okay? And then... Not only how reflect upon my relationship, but reflect upon my responsibilities. Look at verse 31 where he says that. But if we would judge ourselves, now that means to focus upon the facts and come to a just conclusion. Weigh the facts. And come to a just conclusion. So I have some responsibilities. Well, have I been faithful to the Savior? I don't worry a whole lot about you being faithful to this church. I wouldn't worry a lot about you being faithful to this church if I were pastor of this church. My concern would be whether or not you're faithful to the Savior. Because if you're faithful to the Savior, other things are going to fall in place. Say amen, lights. And then am I fruitful in my service? Fruit follows faithfulness. And then the third thing, coming to the table is a time of rejoicing. We remember, we reflect, and we rejoice. Now what do we rejoice about? Two things. First, that our sins are forgiven. Our sins are removed. Back to verse 24. It is because of his death and resurrection that you and I can experience the forgiveness of sin. It's because Jesus died bore our sin in his body on the tree, was buried. But the good news, the good news is, it's Friday, but Sunday's coming. And he rose from the dead. And because of that, our sin can be removed. Amen. Amen. Now, the second thing we rejoice about is the Savior's return. He said, do this till I come. Now, I don't know when that is. I don't know. I don't have a clue. But this I know. He is coming again. And you and I are to observe this until he comes. I have three questions for you before we come to the Lord's table. Just three. First question, is the Lord Jesus Christ your personal Savior? Is he? If he isn't, he can be this morning. If you will acknowledge that you are a sinner, if in your heart you will ask Jesus Christ to forgive your sin, cleanse you in his blood, come into your life, save you, you can say he is my personal savior. My second question is this. Are your sins confessed up to date? Third question. Do you have anything in your heart against anybody? Now, if you answered yes to the first one, yes to the second one, And no to the third. Then I would invite you to the Lord's table. Jesus Christ is my personal Savior. My sins are confessed up to date. I do not have anything in my heart against anybody. And I don't know what the practice of First Baptist Dublin is. I personally believe in close communion. By that I mean close. Close to the Lord Jesus. That's the invitation. Is the Lord Jesus your personal Savior? Are your sins confessed up to date? Do you have anything in your heart against anybody? And if you answer yes, yes, and no, come to the table. Let's pray.